afternoon and welcome to the program. Once a month, we make a point of checking in, getting updated on economic development issues with Ryan McCrady. He is the CEO of the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance, and we always appreciate his time. Ryan, welcome back to the program. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Jim. Well, we have uh, several uh, impending projects that we uh, we need to get an update on. Let's start with the Wyndham. A couple of weeks ago, I'll be honest, uh, it, it looked to me like uh, this project might be on life support. The owner, Al Rajabi, very frustrated with the Springfield City Council, frustrated with delays in getting a vote on a, uh, a TIF funding package there. So where do we stand with that right now? And does this look like it is on track for consideration by the new mayor and the new city council? After they're sworn in? Well, the city council had decided to hold off on considering the item until Mayor Elect Busher could get some time to uh, dig into the item in detail. So the Growth Alliance has been working with Mayor Elect Busher and the developer, making sure that we share all the information with the mayor elect, um, getting her questions answered, uh, facilitating discussions. So the, the project is, is not uh, dead at this point. Uh, she has taken the time to get up to speed on that. And my understanding is uh, though the council will wait for, for her direction on when she's ready to move that forward before the city council for a discussion and, and potential vote. But right now we're still having those meetings having those discussions and bringing her up to speed on the project. I guess the question is, how long is Al Rajabi willing to wait? Because it didn't sound like he was willing to wait a whole heck of a lot longer. Yeah, he doesn't seem interested in waiting a lot longer. Um, also, I know that he is speaking with his bank. Um, as you know, we're in a uh, situation right now where interest rates are rising. Uh, inflationary costs also are, are an issue. So he's uh, he's uh, speaking with us and with the mayor-elect and also with his bank. And everybody is anxious to to bring it forward at the time when, when, when everybody feels comfortable. So, yes, he is at times of the essence for him. I know it's not your place to speak for the mayor-elect, but she's been pretty vocal with questions she has about Al-Rajabi coming to the city now, seeking assistance through this uh, this TIF arrangement when he had uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt forgiven a couple of years ago and was talking at that time about the dire financial straits he was in. And uh, she's indicated publicly that she's having a hard time reconciling those two things. So how, how confident are you that uh, you're, you're going to get a receptive hearing from the new administration and that this deal can come together well she's spending quite a bit of time learning about the project i don't i don't have any comments on her previous comments uh you know the the role the growth alliance plays and the role i'm playing is i work hard to get answers uh to the questions of policymakers. and in this case it's the mayor-elect and the current and new members that are going to be coming on to the city council so as those questions come up we work hard to get answers for them and then that way the policymakers can make the best informed decision we're not in a situation to try to lobby or convince people we just try to give them all the information that they need uh, but the mayor-elect has you know a financial background in, in banking and that's going to serve her well and help her in looking at looking at projects like this and so there's a lot to absorb it's a complicated project it's a landmark structure in downtown Springfield there's a lot of both quantitative and qualitative items that have to be thought about and discussed and I'm sure she's she's going through that process now and we're just continuing to foster and facilitate conversations. Why is it important to to get a deal together on this? I mean, it's not like we're we're just going to have a vacant 30 story story tower in the middle of downtown Springfield. If this deal doesn't come together, won't somebody else step in? 
Well, I mean, there's no guarantees. Uh, you know, when when an individual owns a property, you're always better to work with them directly to see what you can work out. You can't force someone to sell to somebody else. That's not the role we have. And I mean, in fact, we have a constitution in place that protects the government from outside of some very specific situations from forcing you to let go of your personal property. So um, this structure and the activities that happen inside of it are important parts of our economy. Tourism and convention and conference travel is very, very important. And so we always want to work as carefully as we can with someone that owns a piece of property because will somebody else come in and buy it? I don't know. You know, I, I, there's, I, I can't make any guarantees on that. Uh, but for a transaction to happen, you can't, don't just have to have a buyer. You have to have a buyer and a seller. And when someone owns that piece of property, we definitely can't force sales or, or force an individual to do something with their private property that they don't want to do. Talking with Ryan McCready, Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. Let's turn now to the Shields Sports Park, planned for Legacy Point. And uh, after what seemed like a, a very long time uh, of radio silence, we did finally get in the last couple of weeks an update on the plans, an update on the timing of the construction schedule and things. Uh, Alderman seemed at least uh, somewhat receptive uh, to this last week, but still have questions about the, the money that would be utilized and how this would be structured here. Explain a little bit again about how this how this works, because one important feature on this is that it seems to be based primarily on tax dollars that would be generated from this facility and from the the ancillary businesses that might go along with it. Sure. And, and I know there was a lot of waiting to get to this point. This is probably one of the most complicated projects I've ever been involved in, uh, mainly because how it's being done in Springfield is not typical. Typically, a local governmental body, a city or a park district, would borrow all the money and build a sports complex and then hire an operator and hope that the revenues show up to pay back the debt service that they have. Uh, the situation we have here is completely different as uh, the private developer is the individual taking all the risk. And so, you know, under scenario one that I mentioned, the city hypothetically would pay 100% of the cost of a sports complex and put the taxpayers at risk for operational losses or wins. Under this scenario, the incentives are shared back from the tax revenues that are generated from successfully operating the sports complex. The developer has to borrow the money, construct it, and start operating it and start generating those revenues here. Um, and that's, that's a very important distinction that I hope individuals will understand. Uh, the uh, the the time spent between the original adoption of the development agreement to now has resulted in the development team discovering that it's better if they build both indoor and outdoor facilities at the same time. It will save them a significant amount of money and also avoid them having to come back to the city council again for approval of the second phase and another round of incentives. So the incentive structure that was originally adopted is not changing. Uh, what would change is the city total contribution cap. It's still at 50%, but it's 50% of a bigger number because of the accelerated construction, including the world's largest sports dome, which will be an indoor facility that will have six full basketball courts. It could be 12 volleyball courts, also two full-sized uh, turf fields that can hold soccer, softball, and baseball games 12 months out of the year. So it creates a facility that creates 12 months of activity and revenue for the community. Is the city council sign off the the last moving part of this? Is everything else in place if Alderman approve this revised agreement tomorrow night? The city council approves this agreement. It will allow 
the developers to close on their financing. They are working with local financial institutions that made requests for uh, verbiage changes in the in the development agreement. That's many of those changes in the agreement that the council is considering at the request of the financial institutions. So, you know, if we lay the map, the, the timeline out in front of us, the calendar in front of us, city council adopting this, getting the development agreement signed, closing on the financing, the development team would hope to be uh, under construction at the facility sometime in mid-May. Um, we're moving into prime time. You know, Illinois has two seasons, winter and construction. So we're moving into construction season. That's the best time for them to start their earthwork out of the site. Well, we'll watch that very carefully tomorrow night with City Council, and uh, we'll continue to follow these developments. Not every project is moving in fits and starts locally. Uh, one that's moving uh, very rapidly and is getting a lot of even national attention is the Double Black Diamond Solar Farm at the Sangamon Morgan County line. Uh, Ryan, a lot of press here in just recent days, and something I, I wasn't really aware of, but I saw an article in a, a, a trade magazine online, uh, that this is now really one of the largest solar farms projects anywhere in the U.S., at least for the moment. There's you know more coming, but right now this ranks as among the biggest in the entire country. Give us an update on that work. Well, they started construction back in October, November of, of 2022, and they're continuing now that we moved into the warmer time of year to even accelerate that construction. And, you know, from the beginning, the Growth Alliance has been talking about how this is one of the biggest solar projects that we will see across the country. So it's nice to have that additional endorsement by, um, you know, national trade publications. I just a couple of weeks ago spent a number of days with the largest assembly of site selection consultants in this country ever talking to them about our community and letting them know what's going on. And the double black diamond solar project is one that definitely gets their attention. Uh, their clients are looking to be able to have diverse sources of electricity and to meet the ESG goals of their corporations, they also are looking to be able to secure renewable sources of energy uh, to meet their their carbon uh, carbon goals and other goals of their shareholders. So it's a project that's really getting a lot of attention, and we're really excited to have it here. And we know that uh, Chicago has already contracted to uh, acquire uh, a fair amount of the electricity generated from uh, Double Black Diamond. Uh, how much is going to be left for you know enticing local uh, businesses who may also want to take advantage of this? And the other part to that question is there's a changeover in administration in Chicago, and you mayor-elect. Uh, is there any chance that they could seek to modify that deal, or do you feel confident that that part of the double black diamond arrangement to supply power to, to a Chicago is, is going to stay intact? Well, my understanding is the, the Chicago purchase of a portion of the electricity was due to a goal of, of the, the city's goal. So I would assume that came through city council provision. So change of a mayor's organ, mayor's seat may or may, I don't think it will affect that, but Regardless, there's there's a tremendous demand for the power out there on the grid, and uh, the remaining power uh, that outside of what's being subscribed to by the city of Chicago can be pushed out on the grid or subscribed to, to other purchasers of power. Illinois is a deregulated state for utility purchasing, so it actually makes it easier for organizations to be able to subscribe for renewable sources of power. Uh, which is another good factor for, for site selection and, and business attraction to our community.
Finally, before we let you go, uh, on the agenda first reading for the Springfield City Council this week, there'll be discussion uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, is uh, an ordinance uh, for the city to extend its support of the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance, which is, of course, a public-private partnership for economic development, bolstered by funding from the city and from the county and from private businesses as well. Uh, this would be uh, another $250,000 annual extension. I think it extends it out to uh, to the end of, I can't recall now if it's 2024 or beyond. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, give us the update on that and why why would this be a good move for the city to continue to uh, to support your organization? Right. The city budget that, that started effective March 1st of 2023 contains this funding for the Growth Alliance. And so this ordinance is the annual ordinance that they adopt, adopt to provide that funding to the Growth Alliance. Uh, we have been working carefully with the mayor and the city council, and we will continue to do that to help them achieve their development goals. I think over the last year, 18 months, the work and the, and the collaboration between the Growth Alliance and the city council and the mayor's office has become more public in people's eyes. Um, the existence of a public-private partnership is absolutely critical for developers both here in the community and from outside of the community because they do not like to immediately start working directly with governmental bodies and public officials in their work because of the confidentiality that the Growth Alliance can provide to them. It allows them to start the process in a little more confidential manner. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's important not just to keep it quiet for the sake of keeping it quiet, but these are private businesses that are competing against their competitors and in an industry. And so their competitive moves need to remain confidential to be able to preserve their market share and preserve the future of their company. Um, and also the growth line spends a lot of time working with small to mid-sized companies too, and provide a tremendous number of resources for them. And I've been excited to collaborate with the city of Springfield. I'm looking forward to working with the mayor-elect and the new city council as they come on to help them achieve their development goals. Are you still getting the same level of private sector support? Are all the, the big investors still in at the same level, and are they feeling like they're getting a return on that investment? Yeah, we've actually expanded the number of private investors uh, since I've come here in May of 2020. So we've had more private investors come on. So the private investment level has stayed actually increased uh, in the last couple of years. We've had a number of other private companies express interest and come into the Growth Alliance. Um, you know, I, I I can't speak for every single company, but the feedback I get from my investors and board members has been very positive. And I believe that they're seeing that the Growth Alliance can play a critical role in helping especially on unique and difficult projects. And that's where we get a lot of a lot more attention is when we work on things like a sports complex or the Wyndham. People actually see us doing the work there. We do a lot of things behind the scenes too, um, but uh, I believe that our investors have been happy with our performance, and we're going to keep working hard to keep them satisfied. But at the end of the day, having more people living and working in Springfield and Salmon County is the best metric we can watch. We always appreciate the update on these economic development efforts. Let people know where they can find out more about the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. They can check us out at thriveandspi.org. Also, look us up on social media. We have a YouTube channel where you can see all of our videos. We're also active on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So we hope you can have time to check that out. And please connect with us if we can be of assistance to you. Ryan McCready, Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. Thanks for your time, as always. We'll talk soon.